Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live and Let's Discuss, a 007 podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Noah. And we're talking about Roger Moore's second outing as Bond in The Man with the Golden Gun, also Fleming's last Bond novel. Not his last Bond story, but his last Bond novel. Last one to be mostly done while he was alive? Correct. Yeah, it was Um, the last thing he had written, but the last thing published was the Octopussy short story collection. Mm-hmm. But that stuff was written before already. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's a weird... This is a weird one. Uh, the book... We'll talk about the book first. Because sure. these two movies, with the exception of having a man with the golden gun named Scaramanga, who's a hitman, um, and Bond being in them, and the character of Mary Goodnight in name... These two stories have nothing else in common. Nope. It's similar to Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. I, th- I think Live and Let Die was a more was a closer adaptation in a yes. way. Yes. Compared to this and Diamonds, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we have hit this point where we aren't going to see a very close adaptation for a very long time. Um, yeah. When we, when we get to like the short story stuff, that's a little different. Yeah. But like for novels, this is we're now into really doing the broccolis are doing their own thing with this. Um. Well, let's get into it. So at the end of "You Only Live Twice," the book, the book, Bond goes off to Russia to figure out who he is. And in the beginning of The Man with the Golden Gun, Bond comes back to headquarters and tries to assassinate M because the Russians have brainwashed him. Mm -hmm. Which is a crazy scene. We get it from M's perspective, which is an interesting thing with this novel as we get a lot of M character stuff in the beginning. Yeah, we even finally learn his real name. Which is escaping me right now. Admiral Sir Miles Mazavi. Okay. That's it. But M takes... There's a lot of talk on what to do with Bond once he's unbrainwashed. And M gives him a very dangerous assignment to hunt down Scaramanga, the man with the golden gun. Who's a very dangerous hitman. And the British Secret Service wants him gone. Or they want Bond gone. Either or. So Bond goes to... Oh gosh, where where do they go? I think it's like Central America? No, it's set in Jamaica. It's in Again. Jamaica. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, Jamaica, once again, where Bond teams up with Felix a little bit. And Mary Goodnight comes back. And we haven't talked a lot about Mary Goodnight. So who I'm trying to remember, Bond in the books has his own secretary. He actually goes through two of them. And I can't remember the name of the first one. Her name was like Ponsombi or something. Yeah. And um, she ends up getting married right around the time of, I think it's before Thunderball. And we're introduced to Mary Goodnight in the Blofeld trilogy. I think she's introduced in Majesties, I think. I won't, okay. I wanted to say, I think. Yeah, it's in that trilogy we are introduced to Mary Goodnight. And, and then she has a little, you know, uh, when Bond is thought to be dead and you only live twice, she writes a little note at the end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, Mary Goodnight got transferred to Jamaica. And um, she becomes our Bond girl for this this, this book. And Scaramanga and these, he's with a bunch of, they call them hoods, but they're a bunch of gangsters. And they're trying to, like, launder money and stuff. And Bond infiltrates them, similar to what he does in License to Kill. In a way, yes. In a way. Uh, And then there's a big old, the thing with Man with the Golden Gun, the book. It feels a little rushed because we don't get a lot of the Fleming detail after a certain point. Because Fleming wrote a story, but he would go back and write a lot of detail. And you don't get that in this book because he died. Yeah, he, he died while writing it, which is a shame. Because I think this is a solid story. And I think it's a solid follow up. To yes. Blofeld trilogy. It's a back to basics. Yes, that's the thing. Because the Blofeld trilogy was a really big event. Kind of, I mean, all Bond stories basically are. Yeah, but this but it was, a was a little bit more smaller scale. Because mm-hmm. I know some people complain, oh, after Blofeld, we get Scaramanga, who in the novel is basically just... He would be like a henchman, typically. Yes, he think the thing with Scaramanga in the book is that he thinks he's all that and he's not. He's really good. He's a really good shot with a pistol, but he thinks he's like this big kingpin, and he really, really isn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and he has like a he has a big ego, and he's very like he's kind of sensitive about it. Comes from the circus. Oh yeah, the backstory is the same in the movie. Actually. Yes, it is, and I I like couldn't remember the movie, and I was like, oh, that's that's the book. Although they take that thing to an extreme in the movie. Hmm. But yeah, um, not a lot to this book, except for we get. Mary Goodnight again. It's the first time we really got a Bond girl that had been established in previous books. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. And I mean, there is something to like about this. The end is a memorable thing. Oh, because yeah. This is, you know, really the end for James Bond, at least Ian Fleming's original. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make him Sir James Bond. 
and he declines. He's like, that sounds stupid. I, I don't want this. <laughs> which, which is a nice way to end it. Yeah. But yeah, there's there isn't a whole lot to talk about with the man with the golden gun book so much. We talked the big thing is that Bond is back to basics. Mm-hmm. And a really strong opening, something very different that would be fun in a future movie. Yes. If if they do it right. You would have to have an established bond. Yes, I, I because would worry that that someone it, that follows these bond uh, fo- that does the bond movies watches this podcast and just like listens it's like oh I'm gonna do that and they do it in the worst way possible yeah because i have heard people say oh imagine a new bond a new bond comes in mm-hmm. and they basically they adapt the, the first part here and that's how we are introduced to the new bond it would be a little bit i don't know it would be a bold move it would be a bad move. To me, you need to have that. And that's what that's something I do like about the film, is you have to look at it as this is Roger Moore's second movie. You can't do that. Yeah, definitely. Not established yet. I mean, this movie's interesting because he. this is the one where he's most Sean Connery in it. Yes, that's something. The um, kind of Roger Moore identity crisis where they had to figure out what his bond truly is. Mm-hmm. And I think most people would agree they only really got it with the next one, Spy Who Loved Me. Yes. Um, and the thing with Man with the Golden Gun, it opens with a random goon. No, 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 no. A is recurring it, character. Is this recurring? This oh, gangster, no. the actor, was in Diamonds Are Forever. But he's not the same character. He might be. He talks he the same, he dresses the same. You know, okay. he might be the same. For anyone curious, he's the one talking to Connery after they f- throw, what's her name, Plenty O'Toole out of the window. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's so that they, they have um, They have a little bit of a pistol duel in Scaramanga's funhouse. Which is an interesting... It's a cool piece. way. Uh, this is one of the first Bond movies I saw as a kid. And I remembered that. But the one thing that weirds me out is why is there a wax statue of Bond? I guess they talk about it a little bit. He idolizes him like he's really like, oh, this Bond guy. It's pretty we're awesome. The, we're the same. Yeah. He, uh, he gives the, the typical villain speech. But I I like the pre-titles because it's a good introduction to the villain. Yes, character. and we don't have Bond in it, which is nice. It reminds me of From Russia With Love. Oh yeah, a little Very bit. So. Um, but we get something that's a trope of Roger Moore's stuff to follow, which is Roger Moore's called into M's office. This is the first time we have Moore, Moore's Bond in the office. Mm-hmm. This last movie, they had it at Bond's flat for some reason. They wanted to change things up. That's also why they didn't have Q in it. I think. Yeah. Oh, this is the first time we get Q. We get Q in this. We don't get a Bond watch. No. that's This may be the only more movie that doesn't have like a Bond watch with it. Mm. Which is nice, because the Bond watches are just get out of a plot hole sort of device. 
but anyway, we get something that is a staple for more films to come, which is more just knows everything. He has like a mind and like remembers facts about whatever character you you ask him about. Yeah, which to be fair is a nice piece of comedy. <clears throat> it is, and it, it is it's a distinctive thing that the other Bonds haven't had at this point. But that's like the only like more trope that's really in this film. We have a, a more violent bond and an angrier bond. Yes, I want to mention this. Everyone is angry in this. Like M is angry. Money Penny seems angry, and it's weird. I don't know why. Maybe it's... the actors were actually pissed because this was made like immediately after Live and Let Die. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, and of course, the big thing is Mary Goodnight's character is awful. In this. Yes, she is the dumbest. She may be the dumbest Bond girl. Yes, when people talk about Bond girls being nothing but eye candy and stupid bimbos, this is the character they talk about. Mm-hmm. Like we can have a good discussion about it. We have Bond girls with stupid names like Holly Goodhead, for example. Mm-hmm. But they Pussy have four. yeah, but they have something to them. Mm-hmm. And Mary Goodnight in this? No. She, no. She's the blonde bimbo in a bikini. And it's the most frustrating thing because the source material gives you a really in depth character. Yeah. And they don't try to do that. They, I the mean, they, thing they do is that he, Bond and Goodnight, know each other. Yeah. They, they keep that aspect for some reason. But Bond hates her. He hates everyone in this movie. Yeah. Although we get some funny stuff because Bond's just an asshole. Throughout yes. Um, when he visits the guy who makes the bullets. Oh, yeah. Pointing the gun at his crotch. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. That, that's but some yeah. dark stuff. That's some, mm-hmm. that's some Connery level things. Yeah, and that worked. But then you have stuff like him beating up um what's her name oh gosh yeah um scaramanga's mistress anders something yeah and yes. anders something played by Maud like... adams in her first role yes mm-hmm. and he beats her up and it's extremely uncomfortable and not like in a oh it's just shitty to see a man beat up a woman no because it's awesome with sean connery because he can do that that's his bond with roger moore it's awkward you can tell he doesn't like doing it no and that was the thing with with more that i wanted to talk about and this film is fascinating because moore didn't like the fleming character of bond he didn't like fleming he thought he was misogynistic imperialistic weirdo and that's why moore's bond in for in future films is more of a a lover and not necessarily a fighter mm-hmm. which is sean connery's words for it yeah and i mean it works because it, because it just fits better with roger moore yeah um and, and further films down the line are going to utilize that better mm-hmm. the next film in particular um, cements that in my mind as a better, more film. This film, though, has some really good stuff in it. We have Christopher Lee 
as Scaramanga, who was Fleming's cousin. And I think he was Fleming's choice for Dr. No. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really interesting. He's a weird choice for Scaramanga, but he is probably him and Lafayette Coda are like the two iconic more Bond villains. Definitely. I mean, they are the only really memorable ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, people say, oh, Christopher Walken, but we will get it, it, He's memorable because he's Christopher Walken, not because of, I can't remember that character's name. Yeah. And I mean, the other villains in Moore's Run, it's not even that they are bad, because I think they have some pretty good ones in there, but they are just not as memorable. No, they're not like Conry's. Where Conry's, you can pretty much identify all of them up until Titans are forever. Um, and like Lazenby's one Blofeld Obviously. is pretty iconic too. Uh, it, it's not till you get to more where you start getting villains that aren't as iconic. Or, or you get to Craig and who was the villain of Quantum of Solace. I don't know. Mark Foster. <laughs> He's the villain of the whole Bond franchise. Oh, the- we we got to talk about it. How how does this movie stack up with the four elements? Uh, not a lot of water. Even though it's on an island, there's not a lot of water utilized. We get some good stuff in the air with the airplane car. Oh, yeah. I love that as a kid. Yeah. We get... We get some fire. Things blow up a little bit, but... Oh, yeah, with his laser, where they forgot to put in the special effects or they ran out of budget. Yeah, that's peculiar. But, you know, what they had what they had enough budget for, bringing back everyone's favorite character, the Judge Bings of the Bond franchise, J.W. Pepper. Oh, God. He's, he's a little better in this. There's and not as it, much of it. He's in, like, basic two scenes, basically. We need to get to the karate. We have to talk about the karate fight. Yeah, because Live and Let Die was exploitation for Bond. Mm -hmm. This is kung fu stuff for Bond. But why? Because it was popular at the time. Yeah, but... They are still doing this today. Remember Endgame? Remember, Remember the daughter and the sacrifice and then they died and no time to die? Remember? Oh... Remember Logan? Yeah. Yeah. They still do it. They still do. Um, but, like, we had already had the martial arts one. You only lift twice was the ninja one. Mm-hmm. Before there was that was, like, a thing, really. Um, but we have Bond tries to pretend to be Scaramanga. Yeah, with a very convincing fake for nipple. Yeah, that that's a thing that Scaramanga has third nipple, um, which looks so bizarre. And uh, Bond gets led into a trap. He's like knocked out, and then like he shows up at a dojo. There's people fighting and killing one another. Yeah, then- because the guy who's working with Scaramanga, I think he's called like High Fat. He says like, "Oh, I don't want him killed here." bring him to school for some reason so we could have an action set piece 
Yeah, and Bond's then Bond's ally, Bond's ally, after the fight, like Bond's ally just drives away. Well, I want to get to the, the funny yeah. joke where he Bond kicks a dude in the face. That's a good one. That, that made me laugh, like, so hard. And then he fights another guy, and it's very apparent that Roger Moore cannot fight. Oh, remember the first fight scene? I think it was oh the yeah, first. there's a there's a fight scene in a belly dancer's dressing room. Yeah, because he tries to get the bullet because it's evidence, and then they are fighting for some reason. And you yeah. can there's a great mistake. You can see the camera crew in the mirror. Yes, and there's just people basically running into one another, and just it's bizarre. Yeah, but Moore does get bloody. I think there's a little bit of blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah, he gets punched in the face. He gets punched right in the mouth. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, then Moore fights this like black belt guy, and it's just awkward grappling and weird nonsense. And then he dives out a window, which is clearly a stunt double. <laughs> diving out a window. And then his ally that's like from the Hong Kong like Secret Service or whatever has his nieces, and the nieces know Kung Fu. Which I think yeah. they were actually like people from like Ping King, uh, Ping King Opera, mm-hmm. and did a lot, of, a lot of the Hong Kong films at the time. I think one of them is kind of famous in that community. I'm not sure. I think but so. Yeah. We like. I think I recognized her from like some Bruce Lee stuff from that, mm-hmm. from like before that. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> they leave Bond. They get in the car and they abandon Bond and Bond, like, first of all, Roger Moore, I don't, something about him running in a gi is the funniest thing. <sighs> he just looks ridiculous in this. Yeah. And then he gets in, like, a little boat and he's like, there's a boat chase because we had a boat chase in the last one. Not as good of a boat chase. No, definitely not. But what makes up for it is when he throws the little kid in, in the river. <laughs> Which which is so fu- which is even funnier because Roger Moore became part of UNICEF and he feel he all, like he always felt guilty about that. I mean, technically he doesn't have to because he probably saved that kid's life because bad guys were after him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but that's Roger also the scene where that's also the scene where J.W. Pepper appears and his wife and his wife for the first time a big reveal. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing about this, even though this is J.W. Pepper's last film. Yeah, sadly. I'm shocked they didn't bring him in for No Time to Die. <laughs> Dig him up. Just have a CG, you just do motion. If this was instead of, instead of a portrait of, instead of a portrait of Robert Brown, it should have been a portrait of J.W. Pepper on the wall. <laughs> God, so bad. Anyway, but we also have a car chase. Oh, God, I haven't talked about the uh, the sex scene where Mary Goodnight gets shunted into a closet. <laughs> and Noah is gone. My internet is dying. It is. I'm still here, but my internet is dying. Yeah, but the, anyway, Mary Goodnight gets shunted into a closet so that Bond can bang the other Bond girl. Who then ends up being killed, like in the next scene, somehow, with with somehow. A, like a shot through the neck or something, in the chest. Oh yeah, in in a public space. Yes, 
and she doesn't make any sense. Scaramanga is just that good. He just is. And that's when Bond finally meets Scaramanga. And Mary Goodnight gets locked in the trunk. Yeah. For reasons. And then Bond has to go. Bond and J.W. Pepper end up in the same car. They have a car chase that ends with Scaramanga turning his car into an airplane car. Yeah. J.W. Pepper has also the greatest line during this chase. He says, like, to Bond, you're this English spy from England. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just as awesome as the last time we've seen him. We do have a good car stunt that has a freaking... It's like... When the car goes through the ramps and it has the mm-hmm. slide whistle for no... Which ruins the whole... Yeah, because that stunt was done for real and it looks awesome. Yeah, but we have a slide whistle. And we have Pepper. Screaming as he gets somehow flung into the back seat. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense. But, um... We end up... Bond ends up going to Scaramanga's island. Oh, wait, before that, uh, when Scaramanga takes off with the plane car, Mm -hmm. the last time we see J.W. Pepper in the series, he gets arrested by the police. And I'm gonna assume he just died in prison. (laughs) In a Hong Kong prison. Yes. (laughs) But, yeah. And he just wanted to help Bond. I know. (laughs) Anyway. um, Trying to to remember here. Oh, so Bond and Scaramanga... Bond goes to Scaramanga's island. They end up dueling and we have a repeat of the beginning of the film only with bond this time in the fun house in the fun and with house. scaramanga's henchman knickknack doing all yes the we haven't stuff. talked about knickknack a whole lot we will talk about him in just a minute yeah um but he has like a weird laser reactor or some the solex i think yes because there's a whole subplot that we've skipped over because it's not very interesting at all. No, and it basically doesn't matter. No. Um, but he now has a laser and he blows up Bond's plane with it. And then they duel. Which Bond Bond wins? It, it's, it's a pretty interesting little action set piece. Yeah, but my problem is the same I have with basically all Guy Hamilton films. I don't like how it's directed. Yeah, it, it's a little funky. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Anyway. we Mary Goodnight ends up pushing a button with her butt. And causing... The the, butt? Well, first of all, she, she pushes a dude into a reactor <laughs> and starts causing the thing, to, the whole place to blow up. And then she pushes... She leans into a button with her butt. Oh, oh, by the way, she's just been in a bikini this whole time. Like, not even wearing actual clothing. And she she pushes the button with her butt and sets off a laser. I'm not sure why, like, if none of it makes any sense to me. Like, if I'm being honest, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I've seen this film a couple of times. Yeah. 
but like they end up escaping and they fight Nicknack, who's a little person. Yeah, on uh, Scaramanga's personal ship. Yes, his 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 junk. And uh, they end up putting him in a in a suitcase, then in a cage. Just so wrong. I, I they think threw it's awesome. so many bottles at them. Yeah, I didn't realize how many bottles of like champagne and wine were thrown, and Bond was just breaking them. And there's literal glass going everywhere in the scene. Yeah, but the most important part is the ending. We have a little comedy moment with Moore and Goodnight and M, who's calling Scaramanga's personal ship. How he has yes. the phone number of Scaramanga? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the, but we get so... the first of the many Bond sex puns for an ending with she's coming yeah M wants to talk to her oh yeah she's coming and M is like good night good night good night sir yes they had but to make this joke they had to this is the beginning of that that that's a trend for pretty much all the bo- that all the more bond movies going forward yeah he's attempting re-entry sir yeah. The Mar- Margaret Thatcher <laughs> call in from your eyes only. That might be the best one. Bond, what are you doing? Keeping up the good end, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. There's so many. So many we get to talk about. Yeah. Which what are, are not, these are, I have to say, these aren't a thing with any other Bond, really. Um, Pierce Brosnan did a couple. Hmm. I think. The f- oh yeah, the Christmas one. Yes, that's the only one I really can think of. I mean, he does end every movie with a lady, but not really with a pun most of the time. Yes, well, I also, mean, was also the same way. Mm-hmm. They they are all like that, except for Craig movies. <laughs> Craig movies aren't usually. He should have had a good pun before he got obliterated. He Something about the dodo. He shouldn't. He should have had a good pun when Vespa drowned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quite breathtaking. <laughs> oh, that's horrible! I love it. <laughs> All right. Oh God. Okay. So overall, we have to talk about more details. We gotta talk more details. Ah. Yeah, because there is stuff in here to mention. We have to talk about Nicknack a little bit more. Oh yeah, he's French. He's He's a a chef. He's a chef. He's basically the butler. Mm -hmm. A very murderous one. Who who runs like the this computer program that runs the um the fun house? He he runs like the control room, which I thought was neat yep. because he's not he, he's made for this movie. He's not from the uh, the book at all. Yeah, but I think he's an interesting addition. Yeah. Um, Am I frozen? Okay, and he has an interesting relationship with Scaramanga because. Uh-huh. He would be okay with Scaramanga dying because he would inherit all of his stuff. Yes. Very cutthroat. 
Can we also talk about the random goon that's there for no reason? Which one? The one that's in the control is like guarding Mary Goodnight. Oh yeah, that guy who tries to assault her and then she yeah. throws him into a f- reactor and he like melts in there. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that whole plot. So there's something they talk about the energy crisis. Yes, Scaramanga has a plan, which is basically solar energy, mm-hmm. kind of, and he wants to sell it. Which I don't think is a villain plot. Even isn't that like a good thing? Uh, yeah, I mean in th- these days, yeah, since we really are getting into solar, but he was going to control it or something. I don't know it. It didn't make any sense. And I, I yeah, think I said can, that earlier. It makes yeah, zero sense, and I don't know why, other than we needed to have a big action set piece where things blew up. And I think it was something like, oh, we have to talk about contemporary things. Like, the energy crisis is a thing right now. Let's put something about it in here. The villain needs a bigger plot. Because maybe they, maybe they thought like, Oh, a hitman wanting to kill Bond isn't enough of a plot, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I think it's I been don't enough. know. They even that's, have a nice twist in here. Yeah, that's something I like about the book. The book ends with, like, a train. They're, they get all the gangsters oh, yeah. on the train. There's a big shootout on the train. We think that Mary Goodnight's tied to the tracks, and she's not. Like, it's a cartoon. A black and white cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Bond and Scaramanga are like crawling around in the jungle because they're both injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's such a it's much better than the movie. Yeah, the way Scaramanga dies in the book is great. Yeah, not quite on a level of Doctor No's book ending, but nothing is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know. I don't. It, let's let's talk a little bit about. I think what we skipped. The song, the soundtrack. Oh yeah, um, I. Not a lot of people like the Lulu song, but I I like it. I've like. Uh, I didn't it, it like it at is, first. Oh, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't like it at first, mm-hmm. but. It kind of it's kind of grown on me over time. Yeah, I like the reprise of it a little more. Oh yeah, at the, the end, end, which is a nice thing. They, I think they should have done this more, kind of. Yeah, it works well, better here. Where in in the opening, the song is about the villain, mm-hmm. and at the end, it comes back in for the end credits, and now it's about James Bond. Yes, and I think that's a very nice little thing they did here. It's the only time I think that that's a thing because the only one I really remember that happening at Moonraker has a disco remix at the mm-hmm. end in the end credits, which I don't care for either version of that song. It's Shirley Bassey's probably most boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, did we talk about how? This song was almost done by Alice Cooper. No, I didn't know that actually. Oh yeah, the the song is actually uh, on YouTube. I think. Yeah, it is. I think what? it was something. Oh, it didn't make it in time, so they put the Lulu song. 
in there, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That would have been a young Alice Cooper. That would have been the band Alice Cooper instead of the artist mm-hmm. Alice Cooper. That's so weird. Yeah. I think... I don't know about this movie. There is stuff in here I like. I think the problem is Roger Moore's performance in this, the way he's written. He's overshadowed by Christopher Lee in pretty much every scene. Well, yeah, Christopher Lee is really awesome here. Well, Christopher Lee overshadows just about everyone. True. I mean, Attack the Clones. (laughs) He outacts everyone. It's that movie. And he has like two minutes of screen time. Oh, yeah, maybe 10, 10 minutes. And him and Mace Windu, Samuel L. Jackson, a great actor. Christopher Lee was just incredible. He was an incredible actor, very prolific actor. Yeah. Did a lot of garbage, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of him in Gremlins, too, as Dr. Catheter. But yeah, um, gosh. L- let me think. Not that we miss anything with Man yeah, of the- I- There is surprisingly little to talk about. With the book, we said pretty much everything because we don't really want. I guess you we don't want, want to spoil the ending too much. Yeah, not too much. But like, like we said, it was a back to basics book with a very shocking beginning and sort of a redemption for Bond from his from how he was and you only live twice he sort of is bond again it feels like how bond is at the beginning of live and let die it feels like we've gotten there and if there hadn't been a bond book ever again it would have been great but i mean i think fleming meant to write more uh stories as bond um with the movie it's a fine more movie um it's not the best bond movie in general but i mean it's one of the more iconic more bond films i think but it's got some weird sh- shit going on in it um your internet is yeah. hard pretty bad bond girl i I know, I know. Everything is lacking like crazy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um. Anyway, do Am you I have? Still alive? Y- you are still alive. Can I there... give my? Yeah. Let. Okay. Let me try. Well, while, while I'm still here. <laughs> the movie is fine. <laughs> the movie is fine. It missed uh, the dodo. It didn't deliver on all the four elements, but some good acting in here. Yes, a decent enough soundtrack. Yes, at least it's, it's an upbeat song. Instead yeah, of the depressing, depressing mumbling. Yeah, it's, and... it's not whiny mumblecore. That is true. Mm-hmm. Some good action. A lot of nudity. I noticed on my rewatch, like yes, three there was. Bond. 
Yes, there was a woman swimming naked, and you got full, full B cheek. Yeah, we got Maud Adams showering with a gun. A lot yeah. of stuff happens. Very sexual. Yeah. So overall, I think what brings it down is just Moore's performance, the way it's filmed. Because, like, I'm not a fan of Guy Hamilton's directing style simply, and the script. Yes. Which we didn't mention. This is the third and final film in the Mankiewicz trilogy. Oh, is the guy, it? Yeah, the guy who co-wrote Diamonds, Live and Let Die, and this one. Mm-hmm. Gosh. There the end go. of the low-budget low Bond. Yes, because we're going to get a big one next. Oh, yeah. With a spy who loved me. Which, that's going to be a bizarre discussion when we do that. Oh, boy. We have to talk about two books and the film. Yeah, and we have to do that twice in a row. Why? Because we got Moonraker. Moonraker's oh, yeah. Same situation. <laughs> it, Moonraker uh, is the exact same movie, basically. Yeah. Um, I will say we should we should talk about the new Bond book coming out definitely because this it's kind of a sequel to this the book man with the golden gun not the book movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the new book by anthony horowitz yeah are are you looking it up i can yeah oh yeah so it's called with a mind to kill. And it's set, I think, directly after Man with the Golden Gun. Which yes. Is, which is kind of weird because because Colonel's son is also set there. And I think Horowitz said he's a fan of the book, Colonel's son, but he's mm-hmm. not going to do any references to it. That he's just going to do his own thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I hope it doesn't contradict. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, we also had Devil May Care, which also take place around that time. I don't think it contradicted too much, but yeah. So, but the story, but the story, what is interesting about this with a mind to kill that's gonna come out, M is dead, Mm -hmm. and James Bond is now in custody because he apparently murdered him. Hmm. That's bizarre. Yeah, and, and then he's going after the, I guess, after the Russians who brainwashed him in Man with the Golden Gun. Good. Yeah, so it directly continues the story, basically. Gives That's some interesting. On this. It's interesting that it's taken this long to go that route. Yeah. It's kind of weird that mm-hmm. most of these authors never touched the Fleming stuff again that was left open. Like, it yeah. took until, like, Raymond Benson to write about James Suzuki. Yeah, we had that. We had, well, we had Kingsley Ames. That that feels like a continuation of Fleming. Definitely, but not of, not of like, the open plot points. No. Um, and John Gardner did John Gardner things. Yeah, he did. Um... And it's really with the Anthony Howowitz stuff where he, he has the prequel to Casino Royale. He has the 
sequel to Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Now we, it's interesting. I wonder if this will be his last book. Maybe, probably, that he's gonna finish it as this like trilogy. Yeah, sense. of just like just playing around in that that era of Bond, mm-hmm. beginning, middle, and end. I was I was trying to remember what his his Goldfinger sequel was, and that was Trigger Mortis. Yeah, Trigger Mortis. I might pick that up soon and read the Anthony Howowitz. I haven't read Bond in a little while, so I recommend it. It's pretty good, except for all the Pussy Galore stuff, which is just Horowitz liked that character and wanted to bring her back and doesn't, doesn't really work. do anything. And okay. has some stupid scenes. We talked like about this before. Yeah. I don't, that is like the worst thing he's written, that scene specifically, but otherwise, damn solid books. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I do own Trigger Mortis. It's the only one of his that I own, so I could read that. But I need to read Spy Who Loved Me, because we, that's our next one. Oh, you're going to reread the famous Ian Fleming novel, The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, no, no. I remember that very well. It was Everybody horrible. does Horrible fever dream. It's a very memorable story. Um, but I will say we need to read the... Oh, what is that author's name who wrote the novelization of Spy Who Me? Christopher Wood. Yes. And wrote Moonraker. Which, which will be our season finale of season one of Live and Let's Discuss. We'll end it on a high note. Hopefully. Yeah. I what don't would be re- the end for season two? Just out of curiosity. What would be the end? Die another day. Ooh. I know. That's rough. Uh, yeah, like wiping your butt with sandpaper. Oh, man. You're so welcome. But I'm going with the the U.S. box sets of all the Bond films. And the first box set, they're they're broken into three containers, and the first set ends with Spy Who Loved Me. Hmm. Then it's up to Die Another Day, and then the third one is just the Daniel Craig stuff, right? Daniel Craig stuff and the weird other Casino Royale films. Oh, yeah. Which we also going to talk about at some point. We're going to tackle Never Say Never Again next season. But we'll take a little break. We'll talk about this more next episode. But anyway, hope you all enjoyed the episode, and we will see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>